0: Welcome everyone for another episode of the weekly Intrepid Spirit Huddle. You know, we have a huge, amazing global community out there, and we are excited to do our part to keep people connected, make new connections, and provide a few minutes of uplift in your day. Programming note, huddles have earmuff moments, so be warned or excited. Now let's hop right into it with our hosts, Dill and Susan.
1: Welcome to the Intrepid Spirits Huddle. You've got Mark Dill Driscoll here today with myself, Susan Driscoll, and we're going to cover a chapter, Go Small to Be Big, out of the book Dill and I put together called Take Charge. It is your choice every single day. So Dill, Go Small to Be Big. What does that mean?
2: Well, uh, Sunshine, it's all about when we started all these projects, people thought they probably couldn't get done. And we said, hey, wait a minute, you just got to go in small steps. And there's a guy, Lao Su, a Chinese guy that said it the best way, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, one step, one hour, one breath. And that's how we always thought about things. are all these big projects we did all over the world.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's, I have to say, all these years I would hear, and I don't know where it started, but I remember in Germany hearing a lot with um, Joachim Bernstein and say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I always thought it was kind of a gross analogy, quite frankly, <laughs> but but, you know, it is when there's something big in front of you, how do you take it on? And it's really just one small step at a time, Um, but what does that really mean when you talk about it from a business perspective?
2: Well, we, we came up with, I think six or seven rules and rule number one was know the difference between an idea and a product or service. You know, there's a gazillion ideas out there but you had to figure out which idea could become a product and a product became a product when somebody was able to pay full retail for it. They were excited about it and it moved their business and helped them sell product.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't have to be literally a product, right? Or a service. A service, yeah. you know, something people are willing to, they find value in it. Um, what about another rule um, that we had from a business perspective of go small to be big?
2: Well, rule number two was taught to me when I, went, when I sold the uh, World Sports Promotions to McCann Erickson. And I'll never forget this. Bob James was the chairman. He said, hey, Dill, it's like this. It's revenue minus profit equals expense. Because the only thing an entrepreneur or anybody can control is your expenses. And so he really drilled it on us. And I think that that, if if, if there's a reason they were successful in all these projects, was, you know, the Coca-Colas and the Deltas and the General Motors or, you know, Gosh, lots of come Nestle. They trusted us because total transparency will control the expenses. If you want to add something to the project, it's called a, uh, uh, help me out sunshine, a, a change. Right. A, a, I forgot what the proper word. Yeah. There was a proper word that they, we called it, but a change order, change order. <laughs> thank you. And, and so that's sort of how it worked. You and it's uh,
1: interesting too, because, um, Mr. James was from um, a major corporation that, you know, the generally accepted business practices or whatever they're called, you know, a lot of times it gets all fancy on how you take out depreciation and you take this out and that out. And, you know, but when you're running a business and most of the time, sometimes we've gotten out of whack here, we've seen the dot coms and we see a lot of it going on now with startups and stuff, but at the end of the day, eventually you gotta have a profit or otherwise, eventually I think you're gonna have to be sold or go out of business <laughs> or something. But you know, uh, just a funny note on that, I was reading something about uh, corporations being able to in the US be treated as um, entities, corporate entities, but they also get and from a tax perspective and legal perspective, they get to be treated as people which is kind of an interesting thing but then people when we're paying our taxes we don't get to depreciate to expense this thing called depreciation right as we get (laughs) older we depreciate (laughs) but we don't get to uh, subtract that from our bottom line on what we're going to pay on our taxes for the year but but i think that is a thing of go small to be big it's really to be simple as well and so don't get carried away on all these fancy financial tools but you know what, what are your revenues you want to make? What is the profit you want to have at the end of the day? Therefore, that's what your budget is, what you have to spend against. So an interesting way to look at things. Um,
2: but okay. I got to build on that because remember, Sunshine, the only thing that you can control is your expenses. You cannot control your revenue. So you always keep the revenue or the expenses to the bare minimum and you hire against the new revenue that you get
1: yeah no i mean we know a really good example we're not going to call them out but um they put a budget together right and they went and spent against the expense side of their budget but they didn't hit their revenue number and so you got to adjust there if you see you're not going to hit your revenues you can't go spend the expenses that you had against That, that, that revenue so um, so, interesting things to talk about and think about from a, how you manage your cash flow of a business. Um, tell us about your third rule.
2: The third rule is focus, flexible, finish, and fun. And it can get scary really fast, right? If you don't, the, the companies that don't make it, they lose their focus. They get off their mission, they get off their vision, and they just never can regain that
0: yeah
1: and you know that's interesting because we had um john DeRocher, who's a evp at salesforce speak to our university of georgia athletes the other night and even a company i think he said they have 150,000 or something you know thousands of employees and we were talking about how do you communicate to a big company like that what your focus is and they have their v squared mom and that's something that their founders started from day one and he's continued that. And every year, things may adjust and tweak a little, but you have that that focus.
2: Absolutely, and I'll give you a great example, and I hate to pick on Kodak again, but they're very focused on film. They had the little cameras, but it was all about selling film. And people don't realize that Kodak was the first company to come up with a digital camera. And they didn't know how to be flexible. They're scared of change and the whole world just passed them by, like, whoa
1: So that brings in the second F of flexible. Um, you know, I think that you have to be flexible. You know, you need to have that compass, but you need to be flexible because there's gonna be things that come at you that you don't expect. The pandemic definitely made a lot of people flexible, especially the ones that are pulling through. Um, and then, fo- what is it? The four Fs, focus, flexible, finish? finish right so as you finish
2: well so if, if you understand the change part and you're going down the road and we'll talk about this later about the olympic torch relay uh in another section but you must must be flexible you must accept change you must be able to be constantly on top of daily what you know how we doing are we reaching our customer? right? Right. Are we reaching them? Are they buying our product? Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Don't lose focus. You know, and again, it's interesting all these examples coming up, but yesterday we were with a bunch of Northwood school students. It's a boarding high school, a lot of um, winter athletes, um, kids that are in robotics and STEM, and um, they have an entrepreneur class and they were presenting to us their capstones on a project that has to do with water and the one thing the coaching was in their presentations was don't lose focus and don't forget to finish with why you're doing the project. You know, sometimes you get caught up in the process. Right. Well, you
2: got you to ask the, for the, the order. Is. You know, you got to, you know, most marketing programs in the end of the day, what you're doing is you're getting awareness for your product or service. And then you've got to ask for the order.
1: Yeah. And we have four F's, but we're going to save the last F. For a little bit later because a couple of the people um, that have worked with us through the years and helped us to edit the book, added two more F's. One being fear and one being facts. Right. Um, So how do you think that they heard from us through the years talk about fear? Well,
2: I think fear is you're always, um, you're always frightened that is it gonna work? Is it working, right? Which then leads to the facts.
1: Well, and let's not jump off of fear because I think a okay. little bit of fear is an interesting thing. You know, you look at athletics and they'll tell you you need to be a little bit nervous before every, no matter if you're the best in the world, you need to have that little bit of butterflies oh. when you're getting ready to dive oh off the diving board yeah. yeah. or uh, jump into the pool or grab the ball to go for the run uh, or whatever.
2: Absolutely. It is. I can tell you that you now I was blessed to play three sports and did pretty well, most of them. But here's the thing that I always told people the scariest thing, I gave presentations in 80 countries around the world. Every time I stood up to that microphone, I had that little bit of butterflies, which I guess you could call fear, to to give the best performance you could and to articulate. You know, the idea of what you're trying to in the end of the day sell to get people fired up to let's go win the game.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, facts is one that I think, unfortunately, our world has gotten away from and that, you know, we hear so much and we just take the sound bites. We don't know the facts. And well, I think to really have in a point of view, you need to know the
2: facts. Absolutely. And I think it's funny in this book that we wrote uh, what, eight years ago?
1: Yeah, probably. It's been um, a while.
2: We had a thing there on facts and we talked about fake news <laughs> back eight years ago before, you know, that before crazy it was
1: really fake bed, news. Before
2: those guys, you know, Trump and that whole mess. But here's the thing facts, you know, how many, you know, let's pick on Coca Cola. How many extra Cokes do we sell today on the NFL program? or any programs we ran for them? How many, you know, how much more are we really doing? And many times the facts don't bear up the promotion and, you know, several uh, projects went by the wayside because the facts didn't meet up with the expectations of all, you know, the fun, the the kind of, you know, what's going on around the promotion, everybody's fired up. But if you're not selling stuff, you got to cut your losses and, and shut her down.
1: And then the final F, oh, fun.
2: Well, the, the best F word I know is not the one with the four letters, it's said three letters, it's called fun. And you got to have your people having fun. You know, if you don't, if the people aren't having fun, and you know, studies have shown this, That employees, if they're not enjoying their work, it doesn't work. Things go south really quickly.
1: Yeah, no, um, we're studying um, uh, leadership, uh, purpose-driven leadership with the University of Georgia student athletes, Mm -hmm. and we're using a friend of mine, she's the CEO at a company called Linkage, and they have done a tremendous amount over the last 30 years of collecting data of Um, 360 degree evaluations of leaders and um, which ones are deemed by their peers and people to be uh, very purposeful, successful leaders. And, you know, the the one thing about it is that they found out that you've got to have your your team engaged. And the sad statistic on a pretty global basis is that, and I don't remember the exact number, but it was way over 50%. I think it was close to 80%. Of employees are not engaged in their workplace, and that comes from you know the, the culture and the environment, and helping people know that they have a purpose. And um, you know, yeah, it's not always gonna be fun. I mean, if you're an ER doctor, you're dealing with crisis after crisis, right? But but you can have a great culture where you support each other and have a laugh here and there. And and look on the positive side,
2: right? Well, you know that the thing is, and and uh, David sally is a good friend of ours from Chick Fil A wrote a book, uh, and one of the things he said in this book was, you've got to go to every interaction you have with people and add value, and that's the problem if you're not engaged. You go to meetings and you sort of just sit there and you listen and, you know, you see some kids, people, they're, you know, texting other people and whatnot. And it's all about adding value.
1: Absolutely. That
2: book was remarkable by David Salyer. Great book.
1: Great book. I'd recommend anybody to read it. Um, Okay. So we're going to move on from the F's of rule number three. I had a rule number, there's six, I think. All right. So rule number four, stay balanced.
2: Yeah, um, you've got to, to stay balanced, right? It's so easy in any, any especially now, to get so uh, focused just on that daily problem that you lose sight of your, your family, your friends, stuff, right? So I always say, stay balanced, and what we always oh, had a, I'm not sure where I learned this thing, but it was halt, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And when you get halt, you know, the key thing that I've taught all the people that worked for us over the years was you get halt, you raise your hand and say, Hey, I've had enough. And a great example of that was a, uh, we were doing the steel wheels, urban jungle tour, the Rolling Stones for Budweiser back in the day. And Bob McCann was running it, got absolutely exhausted. Calls me up, I'm in St. Louis. He said, Dill, I've had enough, I need a break. And literally I hopped on a plane to Barcelona, Fran- uh, uh, Barcelona, Spain the next day, I was there. Next, you know, I'm hanging the banners in the stadium. This is 19, before the uh, 92 Olympics. And Bob, I said, take two days off. And he came back after two days, amazingly refreshed and really uh, kicked ass. I mean, that was literally back then in those days, that was probably one of the greatest uh, global concert tours. It a hundred venues uh, in less than a year, probably 235 days, I think, but it was a, you know, A hell of a job by Bob and the team. Yeah, and uh, you know,
1: with the go small to be big theme, you know, this balance thing doesn't have to be extravagant, right? It's taking the time and go for an hour walk. Um, One of our students the other night with um, Bob DeRocher, who's the athletic director at St. Lawrence, and then his brother, John, who we spoke of earlier, that's the EVP at Salesforce. One of the students asked of, do you have a daily routine? Um, and it was interesting. They both replied with absolutely. And their daily routine starts with morning exercise, um, you know, to get their blood pumping, get their brain going. Um, and, you know, different people have different routines, but it's something small that helps them to be big oh, in, their, yeah. in their daily life. Absolutely sure.
2: critical. And the other thing I would tell folks that are listening is you must be, go small to be big. You gotta leave from the front. You, you, you could never ask somebody to, uh, everything is as crazy as being at a big event at the Olympics and someone had a problem in the toilet. Bottom line is you're the boss, wash the toilet out. Do never, ever ask somebody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself and, and, and haven't done yourself.
1: Right. Now this rule number five, I'm not quite sure why it came into the um, go small to be big.
2: Maybe you know ideal, but well, the it's
1: just never need, lie to yeah, a banker, yeah, never. yeah,
2: that rule them, but yeah, and that goes small to big because when you have you're small, and we all start, when you start, no matter who you are, your banker is probably the most important ally you have, because when you don't have, you can't make payroll that day, that that Friday, you need to have that guy or gal be your best pal. To help you through things,
1: and you know, your banker may not be that traditional banker. It may be the guy that the largest equity holder in your. Business oh, absolutely! Or, or that banker might be your your mom or dad <laughs> who's sitting the bill for a little absolutely. while. Absolutely. My banker
2: when I very first started my first company was a uh, uh, Factory Point Bank in in Manchester, Vermont, and it was a seventy five hundred dollar loan. But I called a friend of mine, John Greenwood. And I said, Greeny, I, I might need a line of credit, and he said, Well, Dill, what do you mean? And, and he actually said to me, he would help to be uh, my my. Backup to the backup to the backup. So you always wanna have the backup to the backup to the backup. If you're starting a company and you're going small to be big.
1: And you know, I guess the go small to be big and the part about never lie to your banker is, you know, I've seen it a lot with, especially with all the new startups that are going on. And if people come to you pitching for you to invest in their company, the joke is you half the revenue and you double the expenses, right? On on the pro forma <laughs> yeah. that they show you. But, but that does get to where go small to be big, be humble, be honest. Yes, you've got aspirations and visions, but be smart about, you know, and articulate what your assumptions are because the worst thing you can do is oversell and then under deliver.
2: And, and then and you're that, dead. Yeah, yeah, and
1: so it really is something to think about. Um, Okay, our final rule under go small to be big is always ask yourself if you're really doing what is best for you, your business, your family, and your community.
2: You know, um, sounds kind of corny at some level, but it's so true. You know, it's follow your heart. And another way of putting this sometimes is we always talk about the three P's right people planet profit you've got to take care of your people otherwise you have nothing if you don't take care of your planet you have nothing and if you don't take care of making a profit you can't help p number one and p number two so I we very much believe in that and i think our success has always been um thinking about that and well, making you know, sure you're trying to do and, that. And, You
1: know, it's interesting because we can get pretty frustrated, I think, and overwhelmed if you look at, um, and I'm very U.S. focused right now, but, you know, the um, gap in uh, wealth um, is increasing and, um, you know, who would have ever dreamed 10 years ago, it was a big deal to have 1 billion, you know, and now people have a hundred billion dollars, right? And so, you know, you're like, how can we, this train is going down the road, how can we fix it? And, but I think as our younger generations are starting their businesses, and it's been really interesting the last few um, business plans I've seen of some technology startups and stuff, they sincerely are trying to figure out how to be good to their planet um, and how to be good to their people, but then yet be profitable. Now, yes, yeah, some of them are saying it, and then you know they're they're really all about the money. But I think go small to be big is we have those few companies start doing it, meaning it, leading the way, and then we can get the cycle going, hopefully back in a better direction.
2: Well, absolutely, and you know I think that's another key part about going small to be big is to really walk that talk, right? Right. I mean, many people said to me why didn't you you know build momentum by yourself why didn't you do more with it why did you sell these companies you know and I, we sold a bunch of them and it, the fact of the matter is we didn't have the resources and if we wanted to really take care of our people we needed to give them the opportunities to become superstars and I, I can tell you I, I can name 15. Uh, men and women right now, and more than that, off the top of my head, that because we took care of our people, and we necessarily, we we went small, as we got big, we said, hey, we can't do this. We need to sell, we need to give them the opportunities that they need to really expand their horizons. And, you know, it's servant leadership is what it really comes down to.
1: Yeah, no, and it's interesting, because at the end of each chapter in our book, Take Charge, Um, we have a something to think about and this this chapter we have how you stay humble and grounded when you have your first second and hundredth success and it just so happened um uh brendan harris who we work with at coke um reintroduced us to the stoics and then mikey hersome got us onto this daily newsletter and the other day I was reading um, one of them, and my southern's going to come out here, so don't help me pronounce these names correctly. Aquincum, A-Q-U-I-N-C-U-M. He was at a Roman camp Hmm. where Marcus Aurelius? Marcus Aurelius, yeah. um, uh, Wrote a large chunk of meditations. But at this Roman camp, an archaeologist uncovered a statue of an emperor with a toga and it looked like the head had been cracked but they got to really looking at it and it was built so that the head was removable so every time they got a new ruler they didn't replace the toga the body they just replaced the head so it's about starting staying humble every time you walk by the statue You knew that the head could be taken off and put replaced by somebody else's head. So, um, you know, I don't think we have a statue in our front yards every day to remind us that, you know, our heads can just be replaced by the next person's head. But I just thought that was kind of an interesting story, even you know, among the philosophers of the day of you know, be humble, stay grounded. Um, you know, there's always gonna be somebody better, faster, richer, more handsome than you are. Um, But go small to be big in your world. And that's where you can really make a difference. Still any last thoughts before we shut up?
2: I I think the the thought for this kind of segment really is to it's very, very difficult to go small to be big because you're going to have to you you have to realize that you can only take something so far and then you've got to let it go. It's very, very hard to let go of something that you've built and you have, uh, yeah, you 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 care for it. You, I hate to use the word love it, but you do, you, you, you're attached, it's, your, it's you. And to be able to let go of that, um, I'm very proud to say that's, if I'm proud of anything that I've ever done in business is to be able to realize that I can only do this, I can only take it so far. And if I'm gonna take, if I really believe in my people, I got to let them.
1: Let them go. Fly. Go and fly. So it's been great today. Next, um, the next episode is going to be about the Magnificent Seven, which the theme song is one of Dale's favorite theme songs. Uh, we'll but, play
2: the theme song. Uh, well, sure. I don't know if we're that. Yeah, we technology
1: savvy, but we'll figure <laughs> that out. Anyway, have a great day. Stay low and keep,
2: keep moving and bye for now.
0: Thank you for joining the huddle today and be sure to check out the intrepid spirits huddle Facebook group for ongoing updates and information. We'd love to hear your feedback and welcome any suggestions you may have on topics you'd like to hear us cover in the future. Don't forget to nominate your intrepid spirits positive human energy spotlight recommendations on our website at www.mcwarderdriscoll.com. And finally, if you ever want to have a live chat with Dylan, Susan, or other Intrepid Spirits, please join the chat on Mondays at noon Eastern. You could find that link on the Intrepid Spirits Huddle Facebook page. We're looking forward to our next episode of the Intrepid Spirits Huddle, and until then, make it a great day.